Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening from. Hello, especially to our American friends. I know that we have many American listeners, and hello to Nigeria listeners as well. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a lot of information to tell you, so I'm really asking the Lord to guide me and to help me. When God first asked me to start this series on Daniel about the four beasts and related to the end days about six months ago, I didn't know that Russia would send troops into Ukraine on the twenty first, twenty second February, twenty twenty two. But God obviously did, and so at a timely roll out of this series. I've seen many people search for the wars and rumors of wars, and ended up on our podcast channel. You know that the topic for today's series is on part two of the fourth beast. So I was quite happy because this is a very difficult topic to understand, and I thought that I had already done what God asked me to do. And in fact, on Monday, I asked God, "Oh God, we're gonna complete our series. So what are we gonna do next?" And I asked God, "Should I talk about the economy?" But in fact, God answered me by showing me and bringing me to more resources about the end days. So I do feel that God wants us to stick at this topic. For what reasons, I do not understand. But I only feel that this is an important topic to God, and there is something, there is a message that God wants to bring out the news to His people, His true remnant, which is very important to God. So for today's podcast episode, we are going to go into the second part of the description of the fourth beast, which describes the rising up of the ten horns and the little horn. That will bring us into the Europe region, and also characteristics of the little horn, the antichrist, dictatorial type of leadership that will arise in the world in the future. So stay tuned if you are interested to find out more. Let us open with a prayer. Oh dear God, sovereign God, God of heaven and earth, most mighty God and wonderful God. There is no one like you, no one as wise as you, as powerful as you, that knows all about the world events and know what is going to happen to us in the future. God, as we are obedient to you to study your word and to learn what you want us to know, I pray that you will cover the hearts and minds of these precious brothers and sisters in Christ with the blood of Jesus. The message is for those that you wish to listen to them. God, I pray that you will bring your people that you want to hear this message, to hear this, and the Holy Spirit will speak to them personally, so that they know it is from you, from you speaking to them. I love you, Jesus. Help me, O、oh、God. In your name, I trust and I commit this podcast. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Please take out your Bibles if you have, and follow with me as I read these verses that we will be using for our episode today. I am reading from Daniel chapter seven, verse nineteen 
the Geneva Bible version. And after this, I, Daniel, would know the truth of this fourth beast, which was so unlike to all the others, very fearful, whose teeth were made of iron, and his nails of brass, which devoured brick in pieces, and stamped the residue under his feet. Verse 20, also to know of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the others which came up, before whom three fell, and of the horn that had eyes, and of the mouth that speak presumptuous things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made battle against the saints, and prevailed against them. Daniel 7 verse 23 then the angel said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom in the earth, which shall be unlike to all the kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them. And he shall be unlike to the first, and he shall subdue three kings. Verse 25, And shall speak words against the Most High, and shall consume the saints of the Most High, and think that he may change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. Now turn to Revelations 13, and we're going to read some verses from there, starting with verse 1. And I saw a beast rise out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns were ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet like a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. Verse 3, And I saw one of his head as it were wounded to death, but his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered and followed the beast. Verse 4, And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth that speak great things, and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to do two and forty months. And he opened his mouth into blasphemy against God, to blaspheme the name of God and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them. And power was given to him over every kindred and tongue and nation. Do you see the similarities between the fourth beast in Daniel 7 and the beast depicted in Revelations 13? How many similarities between them in the description can you see? I'm sure you recognize enough similarities in the beast that Daniel saw versus the beast that John saw in Revelations to let you know that when Daniel saw the first three beasts, those kingdoms came and went. But this fourth beast is very intriguing. 
because it seems to have come as the Rome Empire, which we studied the last episode. But yet, there is a future element to it that is situated in the Book of Revelations in the end days. Now, I'm not talking about a fifth beast, but it is the same fourth beast in part one and part two. It's mind-boggling, but it's so intriguing. See how the Bible describes it. The fourth beast seemed to have received a head wound that caused it to die. And we thought and the world thought that the fourth beast is dead, is ended. But then the Bible says that's not the end of the fourth beast. Because after receiving the head wound, it will arise again miraculously. By the power of the dragon, it will arise again. That goes into the whole part of the ten horns and the little horn. And the timeline of that is situated right in the end days. Now do you understand? Let's put Bible prophecy aside and look at the secular history for a while. When did the Roman Empire die out? There's some dispute among secular historians, but you can do a quick research. You'll be able to see that most agree that the Roman Empire lasted until 476 AD when the barbarians from the west side of the Roman Empire invaded the kingdom and intermingled with the Roman ruling elite. There were many riots caused by the barbarians and they settled in the geographical regions of the Roman Empire. They interfered with the local politics because Rome was at a decline at that time and they were even paid mercenaries to fight in the Roman army. So the marauding barbarians delivered the head wound to the Roman Empire and the Roman Empire fell in 476 AD. When I was researching on the influence of the Roman Empire in our culture, even in today's modern society, I found some interesting information and I would like to share with you. Do you know that the idea of a church as a head of state, that idea came down from the Roman Empire? In other areas like technology and science, you'll be surprised to know that the Romans are pioneers in engineering. Many of their earliest concepts of structures and aqueducts and buildings, they form the earliest studies and foundations and basics of our engineering technology knowledge today. And the National Geographic says that many of the Roman knowledge on farming, techniques like crop rotation and irrigation, pruning, grafting, seed selection, are still used by the farming community today in an evolved manner. Great poets such as Horace and Ovid produce work that has an impact on the later writers, authors and poets. Their works inspired authors such as Chaucer, Milton, Dante, Shakespeare and serve as the inspiration for some of Shakespeare's plays such as Julius Caesar and Antony and Cleopatra. 
and Latin spread throughout the old world due to the Roman political power. Many of today's modern languages, like French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, Romanian, has roots and origins in Latin. The English alphabet that we use today was derived from the origins of a Latin alphabet. The Roman Empire also codified the law. This has influenced, even up to today, the Western justice system. For example, the format of a preliminary hearing, the court system, the judge, has served as the foundation for today many of our society's court and law systems as we know it. After the fall of the Roman Empire, the geographical location of where the Roman Empire used to occupy is now many European countries such as modern-day England, France, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, Switzerland, Austria, Italy, Hungary, Romania, Turkey, Greece, Albania, Israel, Lebanon, and parts of Germany, Russia, Morocco, Algeria, Syria, and Egypt. What I shared with you is some interesting information that I came across as I was researching this topic. Now let's go back to the Bible and look in more detail at the ten horns and the little horn. The Bible prophesizes a time where there will be ten horns and these ten horns represent ten kings, ten kingdoms, ten countries. You understand what I mean? And out of these ten, it will arise a little horn, which is a little president, a little prime minister. At first, he will seem little, and he will arise out of these ten nations. So you understand how this little horn will arise. At first, when he comes onto the world scene, the world political stage, he will seem less significant than some of the other world powers. The Bible says that this little horn is not like the rest of the kings. In fact, silently, quietly, bidding his time, smoothly, he will gain the support of the ten kings, and riding on their support, he will subdue, he will crush, he will break three of them, three of the kings, and he will expand his power and become the most powerful and dominant among them in this way. Are you seeing what this little horn will do? He rises up together with the ten kings and riding on their coattails, he will delude them or charm them or impress them to the point whereby he will break or he will pluck out three of these kings and their dominion and their power and their authority and he will take over their dominion areas and make himself the most powerful of them. And after he does that, we do not hear much about the rest of the six kings anymore. We then hear all about the little horn, who is now the major power player on the world scene. Look at how the Bible describes him. He is a horn that had eyes like a man. He is personified in the form of a man. The dragon gave him his authority and power. 
and he had a mouth that speak presumptuous and blasphemous things, and his mouth speak great things that look great. So the world was impressed by him and followed him. Now you know that to the one that Satan, the dragon, would give his power and authority, can only be the Antichrist that arises in the end days. And this is substantiated by what the Bible says that he persecuted the saints, and he wearied them out. And when he gets so powerful, he even blasphemes against God. How would he blaspheme against God? By saying that there is no God, or by saying that he is God. He is not Christ, but he desires to be like Christ. He is the Antichrist. So study your Bible carefully. God has told us in detail the description of the Antichrist. If you study his characteristics, look at the way that he would behave. Then you would recognize him if he rises up into the world scene. And I don't mean that he's going to rise now. I mean for the Christians, remnant, the future generations that we are living in the end day season. And here it also says that he thinks that he can change times and laws. Times means seasons and kings. Who is the ruling power? So he wants to influence powers in the world, and laws refers to legislation. He wants to change the laws as we now know it. I'm going to list down ten characteristics of the little horn, just to make sure that we all get it, like a summary. So the little horn is a king, a political, powerful person. That comes up from among ten political leaders, ten horns. Out of this, three of the political leaders are put down by this little horn, and this antichrist have eyes and mouth speaking great things. He will speak out against the God of the Christian Bible. Jesus Christ, and this Antichrist will arise after the revival of the fourth beast and after the arising of the ten kings. But he is different from all the past political leaders. He will persecute the true Christians, the true remnant of the bride of Christ. And he wants to change the times and the laws, and the saints are given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Now you get it. Get yourself familiar with what the Bible prophesies. I have given you many references in your free time. Go back and get yourself familiar with the Bible references and the passages. So, if we do a careful Bible study and a careful conscientious application of what the Bible tells us, and we remain humble and we ask God to teach us, if we do not understand at the first reading, 
I believe that God is faithful over time as we remain faithful to do what He asks us to do. God will slowly reveal to us bits and pieces and parts of the whole mystery until the revelations become clearer and more coherent, forming like a puzzle, forming whole picture. So if somebody tells you that, oh, this person is the Antichrist and that person is the Antichrist, before you scare yourself, panicking, thinking whether is, is he or her the Antichrist, go back to the Bible, look at what I have drawn out, and see whether the circumstances of this person and the characteristics matches what the Bible says. Are there elements in the past detectors of the world like Hitler and others who are similar, have similar characteristics to the Antichrist? Yes, definitely. Because the devil is not sovereign, he doesn't know everything, so he needs to test out and practice and trial runs what he ultimately wants to do at the finale, at the end days. So you will see many elements of world detectors, tyrants, who exhibit certain characteristics of the Antichrist over the course of world history, but they are not the Antichrist that is depicted in Revelations. How are you doing? Very dense study and information that we went through. I hope you are still holding up okay. I've tried to streamline and make it easy for you to understand. But the material itself is very dense. So please bear with that. I will try to continue to make it user-friendly for you as we go along. And I'm learning from the Lord as well as you. You know, we study Bible prophecies not to make us afraid. Do you know that the ministry of Jesus Christ is much more than the Antichrist. Do you know that this is the major event that will be happening in this next age that we are moving into? Do you know that God is very watchful over this? And His focus and concentration is on the Bride of Christ, the true remnant that He wants to save out of the world. Do you know that out of the whole world that is going to be swept up with the times, God is going to give the keys to understanding the times and seasons to His people. I want to encourage you today if you are here listening. And well done! You persisted to the end of the episode and I know many of you have listened to the other episodes as well. I want to tell you that God loves you so much. His concern is upon you. His preparation is for you. Come on, you are the true remnant, the children of God, the apple of His eye. Let God tell us what He wants to let us know and let us be prepared to walk with Him to what He wants us to do for Him in this season. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And I know that God just loves you so much. Goodbye and let us talk again next time. Stay safe and take care. Till then, the next time. Bye-bye.